Hi. Well, well, well. Look who's back. Back on Broadway. Back covering another show. A modern show. A good show. Uh, before we get to the theme song, I'll introduce myself. I'm Richard. I am the musical maniac who's always been interested in Broadway. Too interested in Broadway. And then I have a Broadway baby who's interested, but maybe not as experienced. And that is you, right? That's me. I'm Anna. All right. Now. <laughs> super zing zoggy, man. Uh, zing zap zop. Zip, zip, zap, zop. Right? All right. Let's do it. It's going to be such a podcast. It'll be such a podcast. <laughs> if if I uh, mess up, uh, forgive me? No, no forgiveness. Never. But it's okay. I stumbled upon it after you mentioned it. So I don't know that I would have seen it without you. Yeah. So maybe other people haven't seen it either. And then they won't even know you're butchering. Perfect. Perfect. Done. I love it. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> So let's let's um let's start with our theme song and then we'll get into it. She's just a Broadway baby and I'm a musical maniac. Each episode we sit right back and watch a new show. A Broadway baby is learning all the Broadway ropes. That musical maniac hopes well, she'll be in the know. Gee, we got to be, at least me, go seeing live shows. But you know, when we can't, we just do our best until it, well, Broadway's open someday, maybe. If we waited long enough, which it's now, we can learn to watch our stuff and see a new show. Hey, I got to see it. But so did you, it was streaming. One person saw it live, the other on a dime. They had to pay a subscription fee, but that's all fine because we saw a show. And Broadway people all around may know maybe if they watched it on TV or live in New York. Broadway, baby, can tell me how it sounded and looked. I thought it really cooked. I was there with my crew. Gee, it's time for me to go see a slew of live shows. And Anna, you can come with me because now Broadway is open until maybe we have a layover together to see something that is not TV. We watch it and it's streaming, but it's live in a big bad podcast Broadway show. Well, thank you. I just realized that all of the lyrics, the whole, the whole part of this podcast experience yeah. was Broadway's not open yet, people. But now that mm -hmm. it is, we're gonna have to revamp that tune. But that, cool. yeah. But you did it good. But it was very specific. It seemed a bit specific for this exact podcast. Yeah, it was very specific yeah. for "Come From Away." Yeah, okay. Because it, 
after all, is the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 2001. Yeah. 20 years. So, beautiful. yeah, beautiful. So I think the show came out a few years back, but because we were still in the pandemic and they knew the anniversary was coming up, they're like, instead of, you know, rushing, even though they were going to be opening pretty shortly, they're like, let's release it. Let's film it and release it on Apple TV Plus. And that's how you watched it. Yes. And that's how you watched it first, right? Well, actually... Ooh, I know. Well, actually. actually, when it was okay, I know it's it opened it pre-opened Broadway in Seattle, and then I did not watch it then. I did not watch it when it came on tour three through Seattle. I watched it on a layover in New York, standing room only, and this was a few years back. So by the time we get to 2021, which is now, I completely forgot like key plot points and what was happening and. Right. You know, I, I only remembered one part, which was m most memorable, I think. But the rest, I uh, I forgot. So I was originally going to watch it on Apple TV Plus, And then I suggested that we do that. And you did watch it. And then shortly after, I informed you, oh, my gosh, the crew I'm going to New York with on a JFK layover, which has been a while since I've had a JFK layover, probably a year and a half all through COVID. They said, we're going to buy tickets for Come From Away. Do you want to see it with us? And I was like, yes. Yay. That worked out great. That worked out great. So all four flight attendants went and saw it. And I think they all loved it. So, Had they seen it prior? No, they had all never okay. seen it. And by that time, I might as well not have seen it before, but I did. But it was really great to see it again to solidify everything in my mind. Well, that's exciting to go um, to a show with a bunch of people that haven't seen it or maybe don't know too much about it. That's super fun. Yeah. And what was nice about it too, it's always good going with like a crew, like a flight crew, because it it has a lot to do with our industry, that whole terrorist attack, 9-11. It, it's near and dear to everyone who works in the industry because we can put ourselves in that position, how scary that would be and how wild uh, that would have been to be in the situation and then surrounding in the situation. Yes. And because we never get to meet the flight attendants of these planes, the pilot is our representation. Yes. And so that's what I walked away with the first time watching it. I watched the pilot sing her solo, her song, and she's, of course, based on a real person. They they did a great job of, I don't know, the, of doing this ensemble cast. So actually the captain... Her solo is one of the only solos. Like a few of them have a few solos, but it's all very ensemble. And they talk about, you know, what's going on in Newfoundland. What and then the, all these people that came from away, they come from away to Newfoundland and have to deal with the aftermath of September 11th. So this is actually a Canadian musical. I didn't know that before doing the behind the scenes research, but come from away is a Canadian musical with book and music and lyrics by Irene Sankoff and David Hine. And it's set in the week following September 11th attacks and tells the true story of what transpired when 38 planes were ordered to land unexpectedly in the small town of Gander in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada, as a part of Operation Yellow Ribbon. 
the characters in the musical are based and in most cases even share the same names of real Gander residents as well as some of the 7,000 stranded travelers they housed and fed. Beautiful synopsis. Yeah. And I had forgotten some of the details too. When watching the musical, they sing pretty much everything we need to know about Gander. Back in the day when planes had to refuel more often, they had one of the biggest airports in that area of the world. So it was a perfect airport for every flight to be routed through so they could get refueling and make it on their way to the other parts of the world. And so they were taking in all these planes until, oh, they designed planes that needed less fuel and could carry more fuel and basically had longer range yeah had longer range and never needed to see gander newfoundland again (laughs) which was sad and then just a big airport in a small town small town big airport and they're like when are they gonna tear down the airport and they're like oh i haven't done that yet i haven't turned that tear down the airport yet if you haven't noticed by my bad representation of a newfoundland accent (laughs) in that part of canada it's almost an irish accent like we had talked about when we were watching Big Brother Canada that people from Newfoundland have almost this drawl to their voice that's different than a normal like uh, in this like you know we're used to the Pacific Northwest part of Canada so that that normal accent of talking in that region is more like hey what's going on hey like let's get our bags and let's go shopping so it's different than Newfoundland because they're speaking like Ah, you gotta you get the, the, the fish and the cheese, and you gotta get your things gone and get out of here. And uh, I don't know. Am I doing an okay description of what it made? Yeah, <laughs> some of the characters for sure. Yeah, the thicker the accents, the more Irish it sounds. And then yeah. sometimes it's more Midwestern, like, oh dear, what are we gonna do here, oh, yeah. here in Gander? Oh no. And it's probably based, like, if if the real, I imagine so. I imagine the accents kind of range a bit and I assume there's like inner parts of the area where you only speak to people that are also from the area and maybe like bigger parts of the Newfoundland Newfoundland um I know they're like Newfoundland yeah right I'm always gonna say it differently every time um where you maybe like talk to people from other parts of Canada or French Canada where their accents might influence yours more yeah for sure yeah so I think that's why that the character's accents do range so much but you do a great representation of both extremes <laughs> wonderful I'm, I'm just um being a parrot regurgitating what i heard and what i what i saw and i'm just perf- you're a lo- lovely parrot <laughs> <laughs> so the musical has been received by audiences and critics as a cathartic reminder of the capacity for human kindness even in the darkest times and the triumph of humanity over hate so actually, the history of this musical, it was, it was workshopped in the year 2012, and it was first produced at the Sheridan College in Oakville, Ontario in 2013. So probably around the same time that Big Brother Canada first made its way on the airwaves, they're workshopping this show, and they had record-breaking runs at the La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego because of how popular it was in the Sheridan College at Oakville, Ontario. And so then finally after San Diego La Jolla Playhouse, it went to Seattle in 2015. 
to the Seattle Repertory Theater, and that's where a lot of um, people who work with us were able to be exposed to it. And then it went to the Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C., and then the Royal Alexandria Theater in Toronto 2016. This was all before the Broadway opening of the show. So just goes to show that you can have a popular Broadway show without running on Broadway yet because it opened on Broadway at the at the Gerald Schoenfeld Theater in March 12th. Uh, March 12th, 2017, it opened. And it was a critical and box office success. And this is how I experienced it. As it stated, it routinely plays to standing room only audiences even during its previews. Yeah, I was one of those standing room only people. <laughs> That's an interesting setup. Yeah, and I wanted to fall asleep because I was so tired from staying up all night having flown in there. But you're standing yeah. up, so that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, of course, the musical is so captivating, too. You're not going to fall asleep, but I was tired enough, too. Was there, like, conceptually a reason they did that? Or that, that was just the the centers that they could book? Um, be, but because it's so popular and mm-hmm. that theater is equipped with... Um, c- not seats, but pass right at the back of the orchestra. There's little cushions on the little um, back backing of where the last row is seated, so you can kind of rest your arms on it. Therefore, they sell those as seats. Oh, so so it's so popular that it it goes to standing room only all the time, which is wild. And it's not right. the most ideal way to see a Broadway show, but. If that's the only way to see it, which it was for me the first time, I was like, fine, let's do it. Great. And thank gosh you did it. Thank gosh I did. So in October 2018, it became the longest running Canadian musical in Broadway history, surpassing The Drowsy Chaperone, which is also a Canadian musical I know and love and will go over it eventually. Put it on the list. (laughs) I love the people that put it on and I love the theater company. Uh, and the the actors that ended up being cast in it. Anyway, so its record was 674 performance, performances, 674, and then it surpassed Drowsy Chaperone. So it's still running on Broadway, which is why I saw it the other day, because on September 10th, 2021, they, re- they revealed it or um, released it for the 20th anniversary of the attacks, and they did it on Apple TV+. Plus. And then, you know, shortly after that, it was reintroduced and opened on Broadway again, as if it never left. But there was that year and a half gap of COVID that we didn't have come from away. And so it was exciting that they released it on TV, on Apple TV Plus. But I was there and it was packed house and just standing ovations and like a ruckus applause. Like people were excited to have it back. And it should be noted that in Dublin, Ireland in 2018, it opened at the Abbey Theatre and then transferred to the Phoenix Theatre in West End of February 2019. And then at the 71st Tony Awards in 2017, it was nominated for seven awards, including Best Musical, Best Original Score, Best Book of a Musical, Best Featured Actress in a Musical for Jen Cola, no, Cola. It's C-O-L-E-L-L-A. Coella, maybe. Uh, I don't know. All right. So best featured actress in a musical for Jen Coella. And it 
won for Best Direction of a Musical by Christopher Ashley. Good. I'm glad they've won so many awards. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, so basically the idea for the musical spawned at the 10th anniversary of the attacks where they had that reunion in Gander and they they depict that in the musical. They're like, it's been 10 years and here's everyone reuniting back in Gander where they had a wild, weird experience of a culture clash and people being so kind and helping others in the midst of terrorism. And I think that inspired the musical. I, I almost think they should change the ending now that it's been 20 years. They could have the 10-year reunion and then have a little tag where they're like, and now they're back 20 years later having another reunion because it's just wild that September 11th, 2001 was 20 years ago and it shaped the nation and it shaped these people specifically. Yes. So what... I do think it's really cute that they, was it every year they go back? Like a lot of the people that were involved in the true story go back to the community there? Yeah. And reunite. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, obviously they have some tight bonds and it was fun to see. Yeah, so the way that they do this musical is it's an hour and 45 minutes, no intermission. So you don't stand up and, you know, have a break in between. It's just presented to you and they go, go, go. And there's not a lot of room for applause breaks because they'll just go on to the right next song and then you don't have a chance to applaud. But when you do, that's when our audience was like, because they were good messaging and it was really good and then you know everyone was crying and it was touching and what what moments of the play stood out for you certainly there were songs at this point i watched it a few weeks ago um i really liked the the scene uh where they're all in the bar yeah where they're yeah. like you're gonna be a newfoundlander and like Newfoundlander. Yeah. And it's been a, I feel like it's already been a couple days at that point. Right. That's when they kind of got really adopted into the culture and they yeah. could let loose and actually have some levity in the terrible situation that they're all kind of experiencing. Right. It was like a night to forget about all the stress a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I liked that too. And I liked the because I already knew based on watching Big Brother Canada some of the traditions of Newfoundland how they have you take a shot and kiss the fish like I knew that they did that on Big Brother before so I'm like oh super Canadian of them to do that I love it specifically Newfoundland and uh, yeah that was fun the the beginning the opening Welcome to the rock. I am an islander. I am an islander. I'm an islander. I am an islander. And they just talk about their culture and what they do and the small townness of it all. And it, they set up the scene. Did you enjoy the fact that the actors were playing multiple characters? Yes. And I loved like how they just would switch out a jacket, but then they would like embody an entirely new character. Yeah. Um, and then I really liked all of the setups of, like, um, the plane where they would just, like, rearrange the chairs and then they would be, like, on a different plane. And, yeah. Yeah. That, that was really cool that they don't, they don't like, drag set pieces in and out. It's just the actors moving around small, yeah. manageable pieces like chairs. Totally. It, it did remind me of a, a, a true ensemble theater piece, like, almost like you would see 
in, in a community theater, obviously high budget as it is, but you know, on purpose, they're being really creative and inventive with, like you said, it's a bar, but we're taking all the bar room um, tables and chairs and now it's a plane and now it's the hotel and now it's, you know, they could create different settings with all the same furniture pieces and then they would change characters by taking off a hat, putting on a sweater, putting on a, a pilot's jacket and then you knew. And it was clever to have, you know, the te the Texan pilot and she has a, a, a Texas accent and then you know, switch to a Newfoundland accent when she is, you know, one of the city folk that are just local to Gander. And yeah, I, I forgot how impressive that that really was. Yeah, it was done in a cool way. And I, as someone who did very low budget community and local theater growing up, I appreciate how easy it would be for a production company that doesn't have much of a budget to do this performance. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't need like an elaborate set or anything like that, or mm -hmm. elaborate costuming, even just just a few different jackets and pieces for each person. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt like the stories that they weaved through it, like we follow a gay couple, we follow the American Airlines pilot, we follow the townspeople, and they and they're giving us their point of view. We even have an a ATC. I uh, liked that part. A lot. Oh, the ATC um, yeah. scenes were great because yeah. you have the one guy that kind of is our our window into working at air traffic control, and he says, uh, "I'm heading over to the towers," and they're like, "Why? There are no planes flying." And he goes, <laughs> "Oh," and his wife is like the the PETA person, you know, the the local oh, yeah. animal right. sh shelter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> representative and she's like there have got to be animals on that th those cargo bins and i gotta save them <laughs> which would 100 percent be me if i was working ramp side or like had any knowledge of what was going on i'd be like that many planes landed <laughs> where are the animals <laughs> yeah and let's she... reunite them with some family <laughs> exactly she had dogs cats and chimpanzees which was mm -hmm. really funny and i love that you don't ever see the animals However, the personalities are there because of how well she's acting to nothing and she's right. res responding to nothing, but you get the messaging. And like we knew that one of the chimpanzees was pregnant and then lost her child. And that was a tender moment, even though it's like it's it's a human being right. talking to an animal that's not able to respond. Yeah. yeah. And is not there, yeah. And who is, yeah, physically not like no on stage, one's, no too. No one's imitating a chimpanzee. Right, but you still got yeah. the, the sadness of the, I'm sorry you lost your your young daughter. And, oh, oh just touching. Yes. And then we had um, a mother who had a firefighter as a son, just so worried what, what happened to my son. No one can find him. And so you get windows into the attack. But what's unique about it is from our end of where we are in the Seattle area, even we're in the United States and we experienced 9-11 from our, you know, televisions and from being citizens. But these um, groups of people were Canadian citizens and then the Americans and the Parisians and different cultures. And, oh, there was like a plane that had a lot of African citizens and um, we saw an Egyptian 
passenger depicted. So like all these people are in Canada experiencing something that's very United States centric. And that's why also it was meaningful to that Gander got a memorial specific to the 9-11 attacks that had a part of the World Trade Center's brought to them in a sculpture and a memorial Mm -hmm. and and i think it's special because they had so many people grounded in gander newfoundland and they just had to deal with that and that was their window into 9-11 and that was their vantage point Mm -hmm. because obviously it's a it was a a world you know a country attacking another country but it's had worldwide effect right yeah, because wasn't all weren't all green planes grounded like yeah everywhere yeah yeah I'm or pre- was it just that if they were flying close to the United States yeah I think we had definitely grounded everything but I think everybody grounded right. everything at first and because then, nothing could be in our airspace either like even right. if you were just trying to get past us exactly so that's why the American Airlines pilot said at one point there is a chance we'll get to U.S. borders and they won't let us land and we'll have to go back to um, Paris because that's where we originated. That would have been terrible. I, I can imagine right. for the passengers to go back to Paris. That's way not the United States. They're like, no. Right. <laughs> but the song that I like the most is Me in the Sky. And I wanted to try to attempt it, even though I'm not good. But, you know, I, I can always edit it if it's bad. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so that this is the pilot from American Airlines. My parents must have thought They had a crazy kid Cause I was one of those kids Who always knew what I wanted They took me down to the airport To see all the planes departing Watching them fly Something inside of me was starting I was eight when I told them That I'd be a pilot But I was too young and too short And there were no female captains And my dad said be patient He said just see what happens But I took my first lesson Came down from the sky And I told my father I'd fly for the rest of my life And I got my first job Flying for a mortician In a tiny bonanza Just a corpse and me Five dollars an hour For flying in dead bodies I had to climb over their faces Just to get to my seat And suddenly the wheels lift off The ground is falling backwards I am suddenly alive Suddenly I'm in the cockpit Suddenly everything's changed Suddenly I'm not too young or too short And the passengers in the back don't complain Suddenly I'm flying company charters Suddenly everything's high Suddenly there's nothing in between me and the sky American Airlines had the prettiest brains So I applied as a flight engineer But the World War II pilots, they all complained. They said, girls should be in the cockpit. Hey, lady, hey, baby, hey, why don't you grab us a drink? And the flight attendants were my friends back then. And they'd say, are you better than us, do you think? 
But I kept getting hired And the World War II crew, they retired And the girls all thought much higher of me 1986, the first female American captain in history Suddenly I'm in the cockpit Suddenly I've got my wings Suddenly all of those pilots protesting me Well, they can get their own drinks Suddenly there's no one saying stay grounded Looking down, passing them by Suddenly there's nothing in between me and the sky Suddenly I've got an all-female crew The news caught and made headlines across the world Suddenly it stopped, no one's saying you can't or you won't Or you know you're not anything cause you're a girl Suddenly I'm getting married And we're putting pins on a map where we've flown Suddenly I'm a mother Suddenly shocked at how much they've grown Suddenly I'm wondering how my parents would feel Seeing me teaching men to be pilots Cause suddenly I'm a senior instructor And somehow I'm 51 Suddenly I'm flying Paris to Dallas Across the Atlantic and feeling calm Suddenly someone on air-to-air traffic Said at 846 there's been a terrorist action And the one thing I love more than anything Was used as the bomb Suddenly I'm in a hotel Suddenly something has died Suddenly there's something in between me and the sky. Ah, oh, but that one gets me every time because it's like it's a it's a true biographical story. It's a real person that really was there and really was the first female captain of American Airlines. And like, you know, number one had to deal with all that, you know, all the sexism, all the climbing through the ranks, all the, you know, and then like, finally you're on top of the world and then 9-11 happens and you think, oh my gosh, it all is, it's just bad. Like, it's terrible. Right. Yeah, I like that. So I think that's, you know, the people that we work with, the pilots and the flight attendants, we watch it. And we are kind of seeing it through the pilot's eyes, you know? For sure, yeah. But that's basically it. All the other songs, like I said, there's like a few solos, but that's like the one breakout, like, solo, I think. Yeah, as far as I can remember, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, there's little songs here and there that the other characters sing. Right. But that, but that was like a full song. Yeah, that, that's one that, like, technically they could play it on the radio. I know that they don't play Broadway songs on the radio nowadays, but... You wish. <laughs> I really wish. But it's it's just <laughs> it's just a good one that, like, it has a beginning, middle, and end to it, even out of context of the musical, because it's telling her story right. about being the first, uh, the first female captain and the all-female crew and, like, making national headlines and, like, proving to those sexist pilots of yesteryear that nothing can keep her down and then 9-11 like kept her down and it was sad right 
But, that, I but mean, yeah, I really, I thought she was a really strong lead to, like, focus on. And I'm sure that is just how it worked out since it is based on a true story. But I really liked what they gave her or what they gave the person who played her. Right. Yeah, I know. It's fun. Like, I, I know I remember seeing pictures back when the show first opened and that American Airlines pilot, you know, retired pilot, you know, is taking pictures with the one playing her in the play. And it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's like, it it's super meaningful to have yourself live on in a different way than you thought. <laughs> right. Like, technically, you know, that pilot will pass away someday and we'll still have come from away. Mm-hmm. We'll have her story. We'll have her story. Yeah, but I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. Yeah, I don't blame you. I would have also cried. Mm-hmm. And I ha- I brought my tissue too, so I was prepared. When the play was in Seattle, uh, Misha Burson of the Seattle Times said that Christopher Ashley's fluid staging was, you know, praiseworthy called the show Meaningful Balm to the Benumbed Psyche and then said it honors our capacity for humble goodness and mutual empathy in the shadow of faith-shattering evil. And then Jay Irwin of Broadway World called the production emotionally transcendent, best musical I've seen all year and possibly ever. I think this one is a feel-good musical after all because terrible things happen. They even go as far as depicting the passengers and some of the townspeople really being racist towards the the Muslim passenger in the town. And like they do depict it in a way that eventually some of them are like, no, we're so sorry we acted that way or I'm so sorry they did a strip search of you. Like that's really terrible. And But it did show that during that time when a lot of United States citizens want to think or say that oh it was the most you know coming together of a nation in our recent history that we all came together and we we were loving one another but actually also we were being xenophobic and racist Mm -hmm. to our fellow citizens like a lot of these people that got you know the fingers pointed at them and like extra security measures in the airports etc we're American citizens. They just happen to come from somewhere else originally. And right. and they're maybe culturally are, you know, Muslim, but they're, they're Americans. And so I'm glad they didn't just whitewash the, the bad parts of the September 11th unity because that it was the terrorist attack, terrible. The unity, wonderful. But then the racism and xenophobia after, terrible again. Right. So they they were still able to make a musical that had truth to it, and over told, like a more full story. Yeah, I, I I do appreciate them not shying away from the hate and trying to overcome it, even though people still are gonna hate. Mm-hmm. But that's really all that I have prepared. Um, it, I just want to say it was amazing because this was my first Broadway show back from. Right before COVID, the last time I saw a Broadway show was Waitress in the end of December of 2019. And so this is almost two years later, and I got to see Come From Away again, which was a great reintroduction to me seeing live shows in New York. Yay. 
I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to have my first show back. Yeah, I know. I know. I I kind of jumped the gun, but it was because it was. Uh... You had a whole plan. I ha- I do not fault you. For that. <laughs> yeah, it was my crew happened to be so awesome, and they made sure that we could all go see the show. So I was like, of course, I never say no to Broadway. <laughs> right. And um, it worked out because originally I think I was supposed to go to Orlando, and there were so many JFKs in the box, and it just worked out. So trade. Yeah. yeah. And also, who wants to go to Orlando? I know. Someone said don't go to Orlando right now anyway. There's some, you know, it's just, um, it's a hot mess express right yeah. now. Yeah. Me and my roommate wanted to go just to go to Halloween Horror Nights. But oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, I think. Never, that we never have the same days on and off anyways. So true. Doesn't matter. I think what Orlando is experiencing is like heavy ATC issues because like. Um, there's air traffic controllers that aren't coming into work and they're short staffed. And so I think that's what's attributing to the hot mess <laughs> that mm-hmm. it, it's literally like cancellations of all the Southwest flights and different things going on. So oh, I was just picturing it being a floor, a Florida hot mess, just like, the yeah, standard, like in, in general. Yeah, actually that's probably and true. Nobody but... be offended. I am from Florida. I can yeah. shit on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Florida has its reputation for having, issues yeah. and if you are from there and you are offended you're not paying attention <laughs> you gotta go outside pay attention but yeah you have to be able to laugh at it you've got to laugh at yourself <laughs> right. when they come out with the musical um florida the musical i think that will be a fun one um absolutely <laughs> i would like to be a supporting cast member yeah you totally you should let's go let's go um, yeah, so I know that we didn't cheat because you got to see it too on Apple TV Plus. So that was a unique experience that they were able to release it right when we needed it, you know? Yes, it worked out perfect. Worked out perfectly. Otherwise, I would have forgotten the plot of the show and it would have been hard to talk to you about it without us having seen it recently. Yes, eventually I'm going to work it out. So I'm going to watch it the night before we record and. I'm going to remember everything. Perfect. Because <laughs> my memory at this point in my life is just terrible. It's just too much. It's, it's too just m- terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Uh, that, that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for talking to me, with me, I mean, about Come From Away. So good. So good. And then we have no plans, but when we get a plan, we'll make a new podcast episode. Yay. Yay. But on the list will be Drowsy Chaperone for sure. We'll make that happen down the the pike. Perfect. All right. I haven't even heard of that one. I know. And that one's one of my favorites. So yeah, I'm thrilled too. I I might even show you the version that I put up in Virginia since I have a record of it. And um it it would be funny because I'd be making fun of it because I like produced it, I guess you could say. So I'm a little too close to it to be like, oh, this is the behind the scenes. This is what happened there. Oh, that person dropped out. We had to switch that. Oh, <laughs> it would be just a little bit too close to home. But I think we'll watch a real good version and then we can like watch mine as a goof. Perfect. Oh, I love that plan. Yeah. Great plan. That's I love it. Yeah conceptual uh, it's a great plan we just had to figure out you know logistics how it applies to life yeah logistics. yeah yeah totally <laughs> well until then podcast listeners i've been richard and i 
have been and always will be Anna. <laughs> Wonderful. I love that. And we will see you for our next musical, which if it isn't Drowsy Chaperone, it will be one that we got to see in New York. So we'll see w- what happens. It's a mystery. We also have to watch Dear Evan Hansen. Though, oh, too. I forgot. We have the Dear Evan Hansen movie to That's discuss. That's going to be a good one. All right. I'm excited for that, too. All right. You have Yay. stuff to look forward to. Yay. Yay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye, listeners. We we um we appreciate you. So I right after I had watched it, I was working in San Diego, and I mentioned to a, another stew about like the fact that I just watched it, um, come from white. Mm-hmm. And um, she had not seen it. She was excited to see it. But she told me her 9-11 story, which was super cool. Oh, wow. Um, she was trying to get – I think she's part Irish, or she maybe has dual citizenship. It was unclear. Um, right. But she was flying over from Ireland and um, was sent back and got stuck in Ireland for like a week. Oh, no. Like, well, a week longer. And also not stuck, but she just couldn't get back to America. Right, because they don't let you travel, yeah. Right. And I think she was a flight attendant for somebody at the time. And so, like, but it obviously they understood what was going on. And they understood it wasn't her that couldn't get to work. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't her fault. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, she's telling me stories about that. I thought that was really cool. Because, like, I was a kid, so, like, obviously I don't have any. Right. I, I don't even think I had been on a plane at that time in my life. Oh. Maybe as a, a baby I had been on a plane, but like not as a child. Like, I had no memory of being on a plane. Oh, that's funny. I I was going to school, and uh, my dad, coincidentally enough, he was taking his private pilot's license test that morning, and he got grounded, and they couldn't complete the test. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't think he ever got it. So we can blame 9-11 <laughs> tangentially right. for like saying he never got his par- private pilot's license. Uh, but yeah. So and because we're on West Coast, it was pretty early. I was going from my church seminary, walking over to the high school and the German uh, custodial worker, she went to church with us, too. So she it was weird because she worked as cleaning the church, but we knew her as a friend that we went to church with, but also she was the janitor too, custodial oh. worker. So it was just a lot of, so she like said, did you hear what happened? And we're like, no, we have no idea what happened. She goes, it is very terrible. The World Trade Centers have been attacked by airplane has gone into it. And she has very thick German accent. I'm not, right. like I'm trying to like, pay real. Yeah, I'm trying to be like paying homage to it because that's how thick it is. And she can't even speak German that much anymore. And yet she's stuck with this thick German accent. <laughs> and she's like, it's very, very terrible that this has happened. And we're like, what? Well, and here's me. I don't even know what a World Trade Center is. So right. I'm like, I have no idea what she's talking about. I'm like, oh, no, that's bad that a plane hit a building. That's right. terrible. It doesn't seem as large as it, like no. just based on that. No, and then when um, we went to school and they're like playing it on the TV and right. the math teacher says, I have to turn this off. It's This is too hard to watch. So I knew that everyone was getting emotional about it, but I had no tie to New York City, to World Trade Centers, to a lot right. of this. And then when I went home, I stuck a VHS tape into the the VCR and pressed record on the TV. And I, re- oh, wow. I So somewhere in my collection of VHS tapes, there might be one where I just recorded 24 hours of news 
of the World Trade Centers, of the planes hitting the buildings and everything, because I knew, oh, this is important. This is I don't, important. yeah, I right. don't quite know why, but this is important. So that's what I did. Yeah, we, well, we were in Minnesota, so it was pretty early on in the school day, I think. And um, I think I was still in my homeroom class. I don't know if I had a first period in that classroom as well. Um, but yeah, she, I think all the teachers were told to turn it on. Yeah. And then they feared if it was hitting major targets, I think after the one had hit the Pentagon, yeah. then they feared it would hit, they would aim for the uh, Mall of America. Oh, because Minnesota, uh, that's a big, right. and it's called Mall of America, so. Right. And so I think, I believe we had a half day and our parents were requested to come get us early. Wow. I yeah. Think. And then, but it gets fuzzy after it being in Miss Anderson's classroom and yeah. the TV being turned on. It gets a little fuzzy. And then my mom was supposed oh. to fly home from Vegas. She was on, oh, a, wow. on a trip, so she was stuck in Vegas for a few days until they could take a bus home. And same same as the Ireland story, stuck but not yeah. like. Right, right. No. You're not like, yeah, you're not like, you know, unfed and stuff. Right but just couldn't get home. So it was wild to not have a mom for a while there to be like, oh, she was supposed to be home. <laughs> now she's not here. Yeah. But yeah, that's, and it's weird to think that we fly with flight attendants that like have no memories of 9-11. Uh, yeah. And we went down to OCC, SOC. Yeah. OCC where everyone down there is like doing crew planning and, um, fleet planning. And they have like three or four computer monitors each. And they're like, canceling crews and rearranging pilots and yeah it's like down there and they, they have tv and weather and there's like huge monitors everywhere and like those scroll down projectors mm -hmm. um and so the lady that was running the occ or whatever it was called um like she's in charge of literally everything like if there's a disaster like she makes the calls she gets the calls from all the important people like she is the person and she's working for United Airlines on 9-11, kind of doing the same job. Mm -hmm. And she's like, every, she's like, never in my life has everything just frozen that way of like, everyone stopped what they're doing. Yeah. And they just like looked at the TV until they got word that everything was grounded. And then they had to start, you know, making sure every plane has an airport and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Could you imagine like working through that and then like, I mean, this lady was older, and obviously she makes killer money considering she has probably one of the most important jobs in the country. Mm -hmm. So, like, she could have just retired. <laughs> For sure, my gosh. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but uh, my my roommate, she she knew exactly who I was talking about when I was when I got back. And I was like, oh, yeah, that lady, like, that Renza OCC. She was like, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, she told me that story, too. <laughs> ah. Like, that's her story. Because, like, I think someone, I think, like, I think, well, we went down there and, like, asked questions and stuff because we kind of have to deal with some of the people in those rooms. Those rooms, um, And, yeah, she was like, what questions do you have? And someone asked about, like, the most stressful day or something. <laughs> She's like, oh, that was it? Well, <laughs> well, does it get more stressful than that? Yeah, exactly. Until then, have a good evening. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Yes, let's do it. Bye. Bye.